0: Hey, hey, welcome to this week's episode of Fat Loss Secrets. My name is Angela Derrick, in case you're not familiar with me. I am a certified macronutrition coach. I'm also an emotional eating expert and weight loss expert, particularly for those of us who find ourselves now over the age of 40. Uh, in my past, I've been a fitness competitor, and I've been in the fitness space for over 20 years. And now, I too am over 40, fighting the good fight against weight gain and fat loss. And I am here to help support you with your journey. And I'm super excited about the topic for this week. I actually, in my private Facebook group, hold all of my um, my friends in there. And I was asking them for this particular month, I was like, I would like to know what is your biggest stresses, your concerns, your frustrations, like what do you want me to talk about? And a lot of them said, well we would just want to know why is it so hard to lose weight as we age? Like what gives? Why is this so difficult? And you know, what can we do to make it a little bit easier? So today I just want to kind of go over the basics of why it's harder, why it feels harder, why you're experiencing that it's harder to lose weight when you get over the age of 40. It's not just a mental thing. It's not just in your head. No, there are some very real reasons. There are some very real things that are happening, some transitions that are happening in your body, especially if you are a female like I am. And um, and there are some very real strategic things that we can do that we need to kind of change and put into place to make this a little bit easier for you so that you can you know begin to experience the results that you're wanting to see instead of just doing the things that used to work And feeling frustrated because it's not really seeming to go anywhere and you just keep gaining weight. So first thing to really understand, like I said, especially if you are a female who is over 40, is at this stage in our life, hormones are beginning to change. Now, perimenopause happens in a lot of different uh, ages for different women. You know, most common for menopause is around 50 but women can experience uh, symptoms of perimenopause anywhere from like 38, all the way on up to like 50. Now, technically, menopause occurs after you—you know—you've been through menopause after you have lost your periods or don't haven't experienced a cycle for one year. But you have a whole possibly up to 10-year window where your periods could be spotty, your cycle could be erratic, or you may be experiencing these crazy things, these fluctuations, and it just seems like there's no rhyme or reason to it. And um, really, honestly, you could probably Google almost every any symptom and 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 put menopause next to it. And there will be an article or some sort of a scientific study linking whatever that symptom is <laughs> to you approaching menopause or being over 40 or something like that. This is true for me. I I know recently since I have turned 42, I would say I'm about ready to turn 43. I have also been researching this in myself because I feel like I'm like, I'm a little young to be going through perimenopause. No, not really, no, no when I check my hormones and all the other things. Nope, there are definitely fluctuations beginning to happen. And so not too early if you're in your early 40s like I am. And one day I just have this crashing fatigue. The next day I have these mood swings. Some days I'm super hot and I'm having hot flashes. Earlier today, I actually experienced cold flashes, which is the craziest thing. I was like, I thought this was supposed to be a hot flash thing. No, I was cold and I couldn't get warm all of and dizziness i've woken up some mornings where i'm just completely debilitated with dizziness and everything that i googled in yes it is part of changing fluctuating estrogen very frustrating i know i am currently living it but it is the reality right so we have to instead of fight against it And be frustrated with it, we have to learn how to work with it and just kind of take it into stride as best we can. Hormones are changing and it's going to look different for different people. What I'm going through may not be nearly as extreme as what you may be experiencing or you may be experiencing a lot more. It it can be something where all of a sudden um, you're noticing that your TSH has changed and you're struggling with thyroid stuff, right? That can all be part of the whole little you know, a ball here, um, Pandora's box of symptoms and things are going on. So we don't want to minimize that. There are significant things happening hormonally in your body and men's bodies change as well. You've got testosterone on the decline and other things happening. Um, But most of the time when I'm talking with women and the frustration is with women and weight gain, we're dealing with the hormonal changes and that's really what we have to mitigate. And when we're Having fluctuation in estrogen because eventually estrogen is going to lower. Well, guess what? You're going to get more of an increase of cortisol. And guess what? An increase of cortisol produces belly fat. Yeah. So we're having a, a higher percentage and a higher production of cortisol, which is what makes us feel like we're gaining nothing but fat because now all of a sudden our distribution of fat is changing we have more of a cortisol response naturally. And that means that our we have an easier time experiencing a stress response. And that is adding to the fatigue, that is adding to the mental load that you may be feeling. And on top of the hormones changing, our lifestyles in general are a bit more stressful. And that's just a reality that I kind of woke up to and realized, you know what? I'm going to have to accept and deal with some things in my body a little differently than I did when I was 20 and 30. Because the truth is in this stage of my life, I'm kind of being squeezed and you may feel the same way. I've got aging parents. I lost a parent two years ago. Now I have my mom to worry about, make sure that she's doing okay, concerns about caring for her. Sometimes you, you may be caring for a relative or something that needs some caregiving, or you have people move back in with you, you know, that type of thing. So you may have aging parents or other relatives that you're having to think about, in addition to having children. And I have a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old, right? But some people even have younger kids when they're in their their 40s, and they're taking care of like toddlers, and they're taking care of elderly people, and you're kind of in the middle, you're being squeezed, and and you're also in the middle of your career, you might be in the peak of your career. You may have climbed the corporate ladder or accomplished something really great, but now you're under a lot of stress and you've got a lot more responsibility and you've got a lot more things on your plate when it comes to work and, and all of the humans that you're having to manage. You've got humans that you have to manage in your household. You've got humans that you have to manage at work. You've got so many things, mental transitions, emotional transitions, all these things that are going on that are going to be adding stress to your days. You're also going through a mental transition as well, because, and some will jokingly say it's the midlife crisis. Well, it's not so much of a crisis, but it is a transition. And I was looking this up after having a conversation with a few friends of mine who are also in their 40s saying, you know. Life just, I find myself angrier. Life just, I'm more prone to depression. Life just feels different. And as I was looking up different studies on happiness that people have done, something very interesting happens and they call it like a U-shape. When you're in your 20s and 30s, you have a huge drive. It's like this challenge, like you wanna compete with everybody. You have a, a drive to be challenged and to compete and to see where you're at competitively with everybody around you. Kind of like, I want to go out and make the career. I want to make the money. I want to, I want to have the abs. I want to have a family. I want to get married. I want to do, you know, and you have this drive to have this American dream, whatever that might look like for you. Right. And then when you hit your forties or your midlife ish, all of a sudden that drive just isn't there the same. We kind of bottom out with that and people tend to get a little bit more depressed. They get more introspective. They start to ask, what is the purpose of my life? What is this all for? Why am I doing this? You know, we start to ask some transitional questions because now we're looking at the last half of our life and we're thinking, well, you know, I've come this far. And a lot of times there's disappointment in there. It's like, wow, I'm here and this is all I've done because we always see ourselves as needing to do more or I haven't arrived or whatever, right? So we're kind of making peace with where we've arrived at in our life. And that's the bottom of the U. And then as you climb the other side of it, what ends up happening is you go from being more more um, competitive and you know having this drive to be competitive and competing with everybody around you to having it be more meaningful and having it be more relational. Like I want to leave a legacy. We start to kind of transition into a place where we want to think about our impact on others more than we want to think about competing with the Joneses and measuring up. So the upshot of this is once people get through their 40s and into their 50s, their happiness actually increases and you go back up the U because you've kind of transitioned in your brain into a a new space where you just have a different paradigm for life and you value your relationships, you value your community, you're not really trying to compete and be the best anymore and, and make the most money and have all the toys and all these other things you're, you're really trying to make a lasting impact for your family and a legacy. And it's very meaningful and everything, but in our forties, we're making that emotional and mental adjustment. So not that that has anything to do with hormones per se, but our perception Is kind of different because now we're like, oh, I used to be fit and now I'm not. And we're kind of looking back and we're taking stock of those things. Then we're looking forward and like, well, I don't want to be fat the rest of my life. And there's all these mental things and that's stress and that's draining. And and we have to kind of take that into consideration. Also, your body is aging. Um, you know, it's going to be different for different people, how quickly that happens. You know, you may not look your age, you may not even look like you are in your 40s. Or some people, you know, you've, I'm sure you've met people in your life where they'll tell you they're 40 something, you'll be thinking in your head, oh, my gosh, I pegged you for 50 or 60. You look like you've had a hard life, right? So the aging process is happening and that's not going to necessarily be the same for all of us. Some people are going to look younger, some look older, but in general, you've got more muscle wasting happening in your body or your is beginning to, to kind of slow down and shut down some of the processes and, and, and is dying a little bit. Protein synthesis is harder. It is harder to, um, to sustain your muscle mass and it is harder to grow muscle, which means that the aging process is starting to happen. More muscle wasting is happening. It's harder to build the muscle. It's which is how you look toned. So your body composition is going to start to change. You have to be very proactive about maintaining your muscle, building your muscle, and, and making the right conditions for protein synthesis so you can keep the muscle on your body and not start suddenly get really soft because those are all things that are easy for your body to do in your 20s and your thir- early 30s. In your 40s, it's transitioning, to muscle wasting and more fat production for protection. And so we have to be very proactive about knowing that our bodies are transitioning this way and trying to protect and prioritize the things that are going to keep our body composition um, the best that we can as long as possible. And then in general, what I find is we become more sedentary As we get older, and part of that is metabolic, although everyone thinks their metabolism slows down significantly, it actually does not according to studies. But what does happen is, we just we're busy, we're stressed, and we're sitting more. Uh, As I'm talking to you right now, I am sitting in a chair. I am not walking outside. If I could figure out a way to create this podcast and this video podcast for you walking outside, oh my goodness, I would totally prefer to do that. Maybe one day I'll get a walking pad or something and see how that goes. But in general, we're sitting behind computers, we're sitting in front of TVs, we're sitting behind phones. All of the work that we tend to produce is information oriented a lot of times. So we're not as on our feet quite as much unless you do work in an industry like where you're dealing with boxes or deliveries or cutting hair or bartending or serving or you know there are definitely industries and I have definitely got a lot of clients that are on their feet all the time but the majority of the people I work with with especially women over 40 have a lot of desk sitting and office jobs and even at that if you're a mom like me maybe you're an entrepreneur you work for yourself Like I'm going a lot of places and I feel like I wear a lot of hats, but I'm in the car a lot. I am sitting in my car, driving my kids everywhere. I'm sitting watching their game or I'm I'm just changing places where I find myself sitting, but I'm sitting and I have a lot more things in my schedule that are taking up my time. So it's not like I'm going to the gym an hour in the morning and then. I used to in my 30s on my way home from work, hit up the gym again for another hour. And then I felt like I could go all evening. Not me. I need more sleep now that I am in my 40s. So I'm crashing at eight. I've still got to get all the things done. I still have all my kids stuff to take care of and dinners and things like that. So I just don't. Physically have the time to get in the steps. And I'm just more sedentary in general because I'm more tired too. And I noticed I even went back in my fitness pal and I went through and I and I noticed, wow, like four years ago. This is why I love tracking things, by the way, in my fitness pal, because when you're trying to figure something out, you got a question. If you have data, you can go and see and check it. You can check your work. And so I went back over the course of the past four or five years, and I'm like, wow. My steps were way higher back then when I was 38. When I was 37, like, now I had a toddler. That might be part of it. But my steps were higher. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, ooh, my steps have really diminished. And I've been wearing an Apple Watch through it all. So I know it's accurate. I know that somehow it doesn't feel like my steps have diminished. It doesn't feel like I'm more sedentary, but my numbers aren't lying. My numbers are telling me I'm more sedentary and I have got to get more productive or more proactive about getting those steps in. This is why I'm experiencing a little bit more of that weight gain and that fat gain or why it feels a little harder. I don't think I've changed all that much, but when I go back and I see my data, I see, oh no things have changed and this is why we got to change the strategy. So, you know, you've got more going on. You've got more to do, less time to devote to workouts, more time that you're taking care of everybody and everything else. And you're stressed. All right. So that pie you're delegating that out to a lot and there's less and less for you and that time that you're wanting to spend that maybe in the past you would have spent to the gym or doing something more active. Man, you just want to sit on the couch, right? So this is where we have to really get proactive with our strategy and maybe our strategy has to change. And this is why a lot of times when people say, well, worked in the past is no longer working for me. Well, maybe in the past you had two hours a day or three hours a day to go to the gym and <laughs> sit on an elliptical or something like that. And now you just don't have it. Or maybe in the past, um, because you were just naturally going out more, walking more and walking the malls, going out to clubs, dating, doing different things, you know, in your 20s or you're walking campus or something like that. If you're a college student, well, now you're not. And so back in your college days, you could you could just skip breakfast. Or you could just eat less and all the movement you were doing would account for what? Well, now we don't have as much movement. We got to be much more strategic and proactive with our calories, or we've got to figure out a better strategy. And so that's where I like to start in terms of what do you do to fix this because of these changes? And to me, it's 80% nutrition. It starts with nutrition. That is the biggest one, you have got to get a good nutrition strategy. And that means knowing what's going in and what's going out, you know, any type of goal, any type of strategy that we're trying to face, we got to know our numbers, we got to know what does my body need? And am I giving my body what it needs consistently? Or am I giving it too much or too little? And I, I need to kind of you know, know what my parameters are and build my strategy based upon that. That's why I don't believe in any sort of weight management system that doesn't have me at least quantifying my food behaviors or tracking some sort of data. I know a lot of people just like to do keto or they like to do intermittent fasting or they like to do something where I don't have to track. I don't have to pay close attention. I'm just eating one meal a day and it can be whatever I want. It's super simple. Well, that's great until it doesn't work. And now you don't know how to fix it because what are you going to do? Not eat one meal a day, (laughs) eat less than your meal a day. A lot of times when women are doing these types of strategies where they're cutting out the carbs so they don't have to track or they're um, limiting themselves to one meal a day or something so they don't have to think about it. They don't have to track and and they feel like, oh, nothing's off limits. I can have whatever I want because I won't be eating enough in that one meal. What they don't realize is they're not eating enough to lose weight. And so now they're only getting 800 calories a day because it's all coming from that one meal and that's all they can eat, but their body needs a lot more than that. And so now it's, it's making it more tired. It's, it's deregulating, it's slowing down the digestive system. It's, it's, um, beginning to downregulate the metabolism so that it can milk those calories and, and make the most of them. And guess what's not happening? Fat loss because it takes energy for your body to burn fat. And if it doesn't have the energy to do it, it's going to say, "Mm, fat loss is not important right now. We just got to slow everything down and just maintain equilibrium with what we've got coming in. So, this is why when I work with a client, especially when I work with a client and for myself, so I can see what works and what doesn't, I need data. I need data. So, this is where I start with your numbers. What is your current age? What's your current weight? How tall are you and are you male or female biologically? That's going to determine how many calories your body needs just laying in bed all day. And for us to begin to estimate and figure out, well, how many calories total do I tend to burn total throughout my whole day? My total daily energy expenditure, my upper limit. And if I just laid in bed all day, what's the bare minimum my body needs? And we need to set our fat loss calories at a good number in between. There are different percentages that you can choose, but we need to set that in between. And we need to make sure we're consistently eating that every day to consistently see the scale move. And then we've got to get proactive about, okay, well, let's say, oh, my perfect weight loss calories are 1600, let's just pretend. I'm not saying that is for you because we'd have to run your numbers, but let's just pretend for, for that we ran through all that and we find out 1600, you need to eat 1600 calories every single day. Well, now we got to prioritize the protein synthesis. And now we've got to make sure that we're, we're giving our body what it needs. So it's not getting into the muscle wasting. So we don't look doughy, you know, because <laughs> your body's naturally going to want to do that. So we're going to want to set up your calories and make sure that you're eating enough protein as part of those calories so that you're effectively burning fat and you're also keeping muscle on you. So these are all strategic things that we need to set into place nutritionally. And to make sure that I'm getting enough calories, not too much, not too little, so that every single week my body is burning a certain amount of calories with the amount of energy I expend every day. And then I can predictably say, okay, I should be losing about a pound a week or I should be losing a pound and a half or two pounds or whatever that is for you. So we have to get proactive about the nutrition and the strategy. And we might have to be a little bit more attentive to it. We may not be able to just cut out bread or stop eating at restaurants, or eat smaller portion sizes. Your body might need a more dialed in approach and more fine tuning to be able to lose the belly fat and do the things that you want to see done in this stage of the game. And then the second things you have to be more proactive about is your movement and your exercise, right? We would want to look at, well, you know, am I mostly sedentary? Do I need to add more walking? The most important thing that you can do for fat loss over 40 is begin to incorporate strength training, muscle building into your movement and your exercise. There are two areas that are the big rocks in this. and When it comes to fat loss and when it comes to body composition and continuing to look fit and lean and also helping with hormonal stuff, helping with um, with, uh, stress reduction, and that is your steps. And your strength training. Strength training is going to help you regulate your hormones a lot better. It's gonna help with regulation of cortisol. It's gonna help with your moods. It's gonna help on so many different levels. It's gonna help you um, regulate like your blood sugar and things like that. And the more muscle you have on your body, the more food you can eat. Your metabolism is gonna get higher. You're gonna increase your metabolism by making more of you by strength training. So we have to incorporate some challenging strength training if you haven't already begun to do this in your 40s Not just for how you look aesthetically, but also think about as you age, like your muscle is going to naturally go into muscle wasting, we want to preserve as much of it as possible. And when you're strength training, you're, you're hormonally signaling to your body that it needs to preserve muscle because your body wants to keep you alive. Everything hormonally in your body is set up to keep you alive. So when you're doing weight-bearing, challenging weight-bearing, strength training activities on a regular basis, your body gets the signal that, oh, if I can't lift this weight, this could be detrimental to survival. So if I need extra calories, take it from the fat, not from the muscle, (laughs) because I might have to lift this thing off of me. And if I can't, I might die. Your body is, is smart. It's hormonally geared to try to preserve your life. And so when you regularly strength train, you're sending hormonal signals to your body, to your autonomic nervous system, to your metabolism to make sure that it doesn't catabolize the muscle too much. It prevents muscle wasting. Plus, if you're regularly building that and you're sending the signals to repair and rebuild the muscle, which is what you're doing. Every time you strength train, you're tearing up the muscle in micro ways, microscopic ways. And that's sending the signal to heal and repair it and build it back better to put more of it there so it can get stronger. When you're doing that week after week, you're actually putting more muscle on. And so that's gonna prevent some of that wasting. Well, when you prevent that muscle wasting, what other benefits do we have beyond just looking toned and good in a bathing suit? Well, you're gonna have more functionality. You're gonna be able to carry groceries up the stairs and, and not be struggling to lift the bags. You're gonna be able to carry arms of armloads of groceries up the stairs and not be winded coming up the stairs. That's not cardiovascular strength. That's actually your, your leg's ability to hold your weight and step you up the stairs, that's all strength training, that's all legs, that's all you doing leg work, (laughs) not so much you doing the cardio, right? So the more strength we have in your legs, the more strength we have in your arms, the more you're able to carry, the more you're able to continue in your functionality, being able to squat which is a a natural movement, squatting down and picking something up, the ability to lunge, to hip hinge, to raise things over your head, to pick things up, right? That's going to actually help you age more gracefully and keep you more mobile as you get older and older and older. So there's going to be a, a benefits to your aging as well. That's why strength training is number one in my book, when it comes to exercise, it's the fountain of youth, because every time you do it, you're forcing the body to heal and repair. And that's actually going to heal your collagen. That's actually going to heal all of your body, not just the area that you worked out. So you're going to get anti-aging effects from it. And the number two is your steps. We just got to make sure that we keep your steps above 10,000 a day. When you were younger, this was easier to do. If you're on college campuses and you're walking across campus and everything, or you're waitressing or things like that, harder as you get older. So it doesn't necessarily have to be you doing hard elliptical every single day for an hour. It doesn't have to be you going to Orange Theory doing HIT training all the time. Sometimes that can work against us, especially when we're trying to reduce the cortisol. But what will help you reduce your stress levels, increase your, you know, your happy hormones and things like that. And also, you know, in a gentle way, help your body burn more fat because you're getting in more movement and you're, you're um, exercising with more calories is making sure that you keep your steps above 10,000. If you could just do those two simple things, 10,000 steps a day and quality weight training three to six times a week, depending upon the split, you know, and, and stuff you do, then that's gonna go a long way to being able to fight the extra fat that your body is wanting to put on. And a- another note about that, because cortisol and stress is a big deal, we wanna start cutting back on some of the crazy workouts that we used to do that maybe we could get away with when we were in our 20s and 30s. Like some people will go to like a burn boot camp or an Orange Theory and they'll do an hour of, of HIT training where their heart rate is like maxed out for 60 minutes. The more you do that as you age, if you do that every single day, you're actually going to be sending the stress responses and burning out your adrenals. Your body can't sustain that kind of exercise as you age. It just can't because you're more prone to stress and you're more sensitive to it because of the cortisol response. So you can still do some hit training if that's what you're used to, but I reduce it a lot. I just kind of focus on 10 minutes a day or maybe two times a week. If I'm doing like 20 minutes or 30 minutes, but I'm really focusing more on restorative relaxation with steps and, and helping to um, restore the hormones with challenging strength training. Those will get your heart rate up plenty high enough, but it won't be as wearing on your body and it won't um, create a cortisol response, like doing lots and lots of HIIT training. So we got to be pr- proactive about movement and exercise, proactive with nutrition to sustain our bodies and to help it do the things that we naturally needed to do because we're getting depleted. And then we have to be proactive about stress reduction, which the exercise does fit into. But you also need it might also look like, hey, I need to start putting some boundaries on work. I need to start putting some boundaries on who can get to me on the weekends, or I need to start saying no to some things. I can't volunteer for all the things at church and all the things of my family and all the things at work and still care for my mom and still make sure my dad gets his medication and take my sister to the hospital. And right. There's only so much of you. So this is a good time to really sit down and say, what are my main priorities? What are my big three? Right. This is all I have the bandwidth for. And I need to start saying no to some things that don't fall in what is expressly important to me. And then you need to start scheduling time to put in activities in your life that's going to help you reduce the stress getting together with some girlfriends for me we have fun Fridays and we kind of mark out Friday nights our off limits times this is where we get to bond and have fun as a family so my phone gets put away my work gets put away I'm not doing sales calls I'm not posting content I'm not doing podcasts I'm living my life and enjoying my family right And this is where we have to prioritize making sure that you're getting that stuff in. Even though you've got more responsibilities, we've got to be very proactive about putting boundaries around those things. And once you have those big pieces in place, the nutrition is dialed in, the exercise strategy is dialed in, you've got stress reduction happening in different stints in your life. The third big thing that I find is very helpful for women over 40 trying to lose fat is something called carb cycling. And this is not something that I put into place when somebody is struggling to get consistent with their eating and their exercise, because it's only going to frustrate you. But once we've dialed in the eating and the exercise, and you're in a kind of consistent, and you're like, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm following through with everything. When we put in a plan that also incorporates carb cycling, where we eat more carbs on some days, strategically less carbs on some days, strategically, that can actually eviscerate the fat quite beautifully, quite fast, almost like a magic pill, because it helps your body not adapt, it helps your body begin to speed up metabolically, and, 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 and it resists the because the older you get, your body's just going to want to stay familiar. It's going to want to stay acclimated. It it does not want to be stressed, right? And losing weight is stress on your body, but it helps curb some of that stress that your body incurs from the dieting process. And it can help you more effectively burn fat. In fact, it's what Um, all of us fitness competitors and bodybuilders used to do when we were preparing for shows, we would carb cycle so that we could get the fat off faster. And it's a beautiful tool, but it's something that usually would pay to, you know, work with a coach or work with a professional, work with someone like me on to make sure you put it into place properly. Because if you don't put it into place properly, you're just going to continue to get no results. And you're going to wonder, well, what's going on? Isn't this carb cycling? Why am I not seeing any change? And That's a great um, way to kind of segue into the offer that I have for you, that if you are finding it harder to lose weight now that you're over 40 and you're finding the things that used to work for you to get the weight off, it no longer is working, it's frustrating, you don't know why, and you just, you 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 need some direction. You need to figure out what what is it that I'm not doing or what do I have to start doing in order to make this work? I wanna invite you to book a free Accelerate Your Fat Loss Strategy Session one-on-one with me. We're just gonna talk by phone uh, for about a half hour, 45 minutes, and we're gonna determine what's keeping you stuck and then I'm going to help you create a roadmap to fix it. So when you leave the call, you'll at least have clarity on, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z. And if I can put these three things into place, then I should be able to see results. And you can also get clarity as to whether or not working with a coach or working one-on-one with me or working in one of my programs would be beneficial for you so that you don't have to think about it you can get the support you need and you can just follow the plan and get the results but either way i would love to invite you to book a free call it it will help you get clarity and figure out what you need to be doing so that you can figure out what the next right move what the next right step is for you to be able to make progress and move forward and of course i will include a link in the show notes so that it's easy for you to just go right in and book that call and set that up and, and we can get to talking about your goals and what needs to happen for you to totally get the results that you are looking for. So I hope this is clarifying. I hope this has been helpful to really understand it is a different ballgame when you're over 40. We have to approach weight loss a little bit differently. We have to be more strategic. We can't just be like, I'm going to eat less and move more. No, we've got to be a little bit more strategic. we got to work with your body. But we do have some very distinct tools and some levers that we can use to still get you some great results. So we'd love to hear what your big takeaways are. Feel free to email me or leave a comment. You can reach me, Angela, at getfitwithangela.com. You can also reach me in the links I put in the show notes. And I'm excited to talk to you again next time.